Hello, I'm Tim, and you're listening to New Life at Home. Each week, I'm chatting with one of you from our church family about a topic related to Sunday's Bible passage. These chats are a bit like the one or two rich conversations you might have at church over morning tea. Except all of us can listen in, and all of us can be encouraged. Uh, Well, I'm here with Simeon. And we're going to be talking about the concept of authority and power from Matthew chapter 8. In the first part of Matthew 8, uh, verses 1 to 17, Jesus has an interaction with a Roman centurion. Uh, He's one in authority. He's also one under authority. Uh, But as he meets Jesus and comes face to face with him, he's struck with Jesus's authority as something completely different on a completely different level to any other uh, authority that he knows. Uh, Welcome, Simeon. Hey, Tim. How you doing? I'm going pretty well, thanks, mate. Maybe you could start with uh, who's in your family and something about new life that you love. Absolutely. Uh, So I'm married to Jane. We've got three kids, um, Grace, Lara and Joe. We've been at uh, New Life for coming up 13 and a half years now. One thing we really love uh, about New Life and, and one of the reasons we chose it uh, in the first place is um, the all ages uh, worship. The, you know, we, we joined when we had uh, young children, as many did in Gungahlin at the time. Uh, it was a bit of a nappy valley back then. But one of the reasons we joined, uh, not only because of the faithfulness of the preaching uh, and the uh, theology, but also the seniority, for a better way, uh, lack of a better way of saying it, of uh, various people in the church, the fact that there were seniors uh, who'd been through life, had been through experiences that we were about to embark on, it just certainly aids in uh, your spiritual walk and being able to turn to people who have uh, experienced those things before you. So we really appreciate and value uh, the all ages uh, aspect of the church. As, as we move from that uh, you know, young cohort uh, into the, into the uh, older cohort. Yeah, yeah, and that all ages concept is yeah, something that's being built into the new life at home platform as well. Uh, so we're talking about authority and power and how it operates in the world uh, and how people use their authority, use the power that has been given to them, entrusted to them. Are there some examples of how you've seen authority and power used, both good examples perhaps and um, bad examples? Yeah, in, in my career, I've been privileged to work at high levels, both in the federal government uh, but also in uh, the corporate world as well. And I've seen power and authority exercised in very different ways in those two spheres. Firstly, reflecting on how I've seen you know, authority and power used um, in politics. When, when people get into politics, most I've not met anyone who's gotten into politics for power's sake. Uh, they've gotten in because they have a genuine heart to do the right thing by the country and and by their constituents. What I have seen, though, is that those same hearts have been turned to where power and remaining in power is the goal. Um, The 
the motivation for what initially led them to seek that power uh, has been replaced with the power being an end uh, in and of itself. Uh, and that's when people start to lose their way sort of philosophically, morally, uh, where they take decisions that um, you know are, are not in their best interests uh, because they're more concerned about the short-term goal. You know, how is this going to play out either in the news? How is this going to play out in the next election or in the next budget? Rather than, is this the right thing for Australia? Or is this the right thing to do as a, as a country? Uh, or even, is this the right thing to do as a believer in a position of power? Mm, so um, there's, that, there's that good uh, motivation that people can have in going into positions of authority. Those motives can become mixed and can shift over time. And Yeah, and I think um, that power and authority can be very alluring. Uh, it has an attraction uh, to it that that can be beguiling, and and suddenly the the trappings of power and the the fact that people do jump when you say jump, and that whole departments, uh, you know, summon uh, an army of bureaucrats to to make something happen when uh, a minister says something, that is a a very beguiling element to power, wherein you can be very easily tempted to forget where that power has come from. You know, that power has been uh, bestowed on you either by the Prime Minister, but ultimately that power has been uh, bestowed on you by those that uh, elected you in the first place and even beyond that, uh, you're you're only in that position because God has raised you up to that. On the flip side, are there some... Uh, some good examples of how you've seen authority and power used? Yeah, and the the most striking examples of where you've I've seen real authority has been coupled with displays of true humility as well. That almost the it's almost like an iron glove in a in a, a an iron fist in a velvet glove where power has been or authority has been exercised uh, very gently a, a bit like a surgeon you know with a scalpel has the power to cut any number of organs out but goes in with delicacy and cuts only the disease bit out uh, and I've seen both politically and in the corporate world where uh, senior leaders have exercised power uh, and authority uh, by actually you know coming alongside either their employees or those that that need the um, change and and coming alongside and bringing people with them rather than sort of standing at the front saying hey you've got to follow me and and you know do this what i've just heard you explaining is the importance of humility and that sense of seeing the person in front of you at the time and understanding the nature of that relationship and what people need real people yeah. need um that whether it's a um whether it's a colleague that you're working alongside whether it's someone that's doing work under you like that that sense of the person yeah very much so that uh these these uh, people taking decisions know that the decisions that they're making are impacting lives of of people and the livelihoods of people as well so that when when tough decisions need to be made uh, those that are going to feel the impact of it most know that you know the leaders have have 
really tussled with this themselves uh, and are not um, doing, you know, making these decisions and exercising authority in a way that is lording it over them, but exercising uh, authority in a way that is um, good and, and necessary. Yeah, yeah, that's really helpful. It's interesting when we look at Jesus, you've got either side of his interaction with that Roman centurion, that one in authority, you've got a demonstration of humility and compassion. Uh, so, you know, there's that, there's that interaction with the leper beforehand. Yeah. And then after the interaction with the centurion, there's Peter's mother-in-law who's ill and Jesus using his authority to, to heal her. Like this is the one who has come as Matthew says um, back in chapter four, I think to um, bring life to a world living under the shadow of death and to wield his power and authority for the sake of others. Uh, How do you see Jesus authority compared to the authority you've seen in the world um, exercised by uh, people in that earthly sense? I guess there's two key differences between the earthly authority that we see exercised and that authority that we see exercised by Jesus. One is everything uh, is under Jesus' authority, all principalities and powers. Uh, whereas authority that we have uh, on earth has been loaned to us, delegated to us uh, by God uh, for his glory and for the good of our neighbour. Uh, and so, you know, one is a very temporal, uh, fleeting authority here on earth, whereas Jesus' uh, authority is uh, is eternal. Yeah, yeah. So do you have any, do you have any thoughts or insights on how we live that out, whether that be as a Christian under Christ or whether that be as citizens or, or as students under teachers, parents, children, any of those um, areas of life as people under authority. How do we, how can we be living that out well? Given it's been uh, over a half a lifetime since I was a student, I'm going to leave that aside uh, and, and just reflect on how I've sought to be, sought to live as a and a citizen, as a husband, as an employee uh, under authority, and particularly here in Canberra as well, where there is a lot of authority, uh, there is a lot of power, and there is a uh, an assumed uh, authority from proximity to power as well. You know, the closer you are to uh, the secretary, the closer you are to a minister or the prime minister, the more powerful you are. But how do I, uh, as a, a husband and a citizen, live as someone under authority? And for me, that starts off by recognizing who is, who is the ultimate authority in the world and in my life, and that is Jesus Christ. And for me, the practical uh, understanding of that is that it's God who uh, ordains good works for me, and um, who my family is, uh, and and where my work is. You know, He's the one that opens the doors and, and closes the doors. Uh, and so, you know, in opening doors, whether it be in politics or in, or in the corporate world, I understand that uh, while a minister or, or a CEO might offer a particular role, ultimately that role is being given uh, and entrusted and that authority is being given to me by Jesus. And so my responsibility is, is first of all, to do the best I can to the glory of God. And, you know, in doing so, I expect that that will be good for my employer as well. Now, that may mean that from time to time, you know, I come into conflict with a direction that a, a government or an opposition might want to go 
or or practices in in a, in a corporate world and it's not that uh, my allegiance is is torn going well what should i do i know where my allegiance is uh, and so uh, if god wants me to stay in that job then he'll keep me there um, you know my my role my responsibility uh, is to really um, be concerned about uh, living and working in a way that is going to glorify Christ first rather than, um, you know, uh, ensuring my next step up a, up a, a political or corporate ladder. Mm. So having, recognizing Jesus as your ultimate authority and the one who's given you, the one who provides everything for you, the one who's given you your employment or your job, the one who's your ultimate master, recognizing him uh, then frees you not to be worried first and foremost about what others think that you work with yeah. or, but more concerned about what God thinks. And Yeah, correct. It, it, it simplifies life. It, it takes away some of the uh, ethical quandaries, you know, should I do this or that? Um, well, actually, you know, my allegiance is higher and it's clear. And so if, if I'm uncertain, uh, then, you know, usually our consciences are a good guide. God has, has blessed us with uh, consciences, but he's also given us his word. We're not, we're not stuck with our consciences. Yeah, our consciences can be captive to God's word. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, just as our hearts can be beguiled by authority. And so I want to bring my thinking into, into line with Scripture so that if I am confronted with something, that my conscience is pricked and, you know, looking for principles that can apply in those uh you know situations it's not it's not using the bible like a political field marshal kind of you know campaign tactics book or as a you know corporate uh, life you know book it it, it it's not meant for that uh, but it, it will as i as i read it and uh as the holy spirit applies it to my life sanctify me and so you know the more i uh, get into it, uh, hopefully that work of sanctification will make the way and the, the actions necessary uh, clearer. Yeah, that, uh, that's really helpful. Some great, great thoughts on, yeah, how we, how we live under Christ's authority in where, whatever area of life. Do you have any thoughts on how we might use any authority that we've been given? How, how we might exercise authority in a way that benefits others that is for the sake of others i do first thing i'd say and i'd recommend is to hold it lightly any authority given to us is is temporal it's been uh, granted to us by god for his glory and the good of our neighbor uh we don't know how long for uh so you know not making that authority or that power an end in itself but look just just holding it lightly as as guardians of, of it if you like and recognizing secondly that that we are under under authority ourselves and so the fact that we have been given this authority we are to exercise it as people under authority we're not free to you know just as a commander in the army isn't free to go off and start making their their own decisions apart from the will of the general uh, or the commander in chief, or just as you know, a minister having been given authority isn't allowed to go on free will and make up their own uh, policy about how to deal with COVID, or uh, you know, a, a corporate senior manager isn't free to 
go and make up their own rules about taxation. All of these people are under authority. We're also under authority. Uh, and so we need to exercise the authority we've been given, whether it's as uh, as parents, uh, as spouses, as uh, volunteers in church, acting as people under authority, that you know, there is a greater call uh, and cause that we're involved with. Just picking up on that, to my mind, at least that means that whatever purpose we're working towards, whatever ends we're seeking are shaped and given to us by God and his will um, and, yeah. and purpose. So that, that gives us, it gives us that sense of purpose and what we're actually using our authority for, I guess, and where, we, yeah, absolutely. where we're directing it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and the third aspect I'd, I'd see is exercising that authority as someone like a servant leader, you know, coming alongside people and not seeking to lord it over them, uh, but rather serve them through the authority that we've been uh, given. In in the same way, I guess, you know, looking at it uh, from a, a new life perspective, you know, I'm on one session uh, and there is an authority that comes with being uh, an elder. Now, that authority isn't for me to go into people's homes and, and tell them how they should be living, uh, but rather ensuring that uh, what we do as a church, what we teach and what we practice is in accordance with the scriptures so that uh, God through his Holy Spirit can can work as we open uh, God's word together at church. So that's one example from a from a, an elder kind of perspective. <laughs> so probably not that relevant given there's only, you know, five elders at the church. It's important, Sim, because as you talk about how how we how you exercise your authority under Christ as a servant leader and urge urging others to be doing the same. I think as people see someone who's a leader choosing to use their power in that way to benefit others and use in a gentle way, in a way that doesn't seek to manipulate people or um, lord it over people, like you were saying, that's actually really attractive um, in a world where you know it can be dog eat dog and all that kind of stuff when Christian leaders or um, any, any leader in church life is leading and exercising power and authority in the way that Jesus did modeling it on him and, and being a servant. When people see that, it means that they're able to trust and it, it makes it easy to follow someone who you know is wanting the best for you. So that's very relevant for all of church, I think. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Sim, so much for sharing your wisdom and your insights into power and authority in the world and pointing us to the scriptures and pointing us to Jesus, more importantly. Yeah, thanks for that. No worries. Good to join you, Tim. Thanks for listening to New Life at Home. I really enjoyed chatting to Simeon this week and I hope that you enjoyed listening as he shared his wisdom and his insight into authority and power in the world. Next week, I'll be joined by a very special guest, Bruce Boyle from Compassion Child Sponsorship. Until then, goodbye.